Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. All right. Good day, everybody. You got the Dr. Dad's tuning in uh, with you guys today and today is going to be a fun topic because it's something that's near and dear to us because we we are two doctors that are living to lead this kind of information and this movement of the modern man and the modern father and what it means to be a, a elevated and educated physician or doctor, a doctor of chiropractic, doctor of natural health medicine and educating the world on different ways of looking at things. And one of those things happens to revolve around what it means to be a modern man. And uh, David, I, I'm sure you saw that, um, that commercial that came out from Gillette. And it was interesting because we both, I'm sure, watched that commercial and went, oh, this is, this is really cool. I mean, it doesn't feel like I'm watching a commercial. It's just, this is just a, a snapshot of modern day life. And uh, I thought it was great. And then, you know, you see all the backlash and, and of people in a different state of mind when they see that and they see emasculation, they see like this feminization of the modern man. And it's so funny how there's such this contrast. And so I wanted to pose a question to you. Where do you think this is coming from? Awesome, man. So, yeah, we're going to get started. So real quick before we even talk about that, you know, I kind of I didn't see the video. I got to see all the people hating on the video first. And so I'm reading all these comments and how these celebrities and these journalists are going back and forth and they're, they're talking about how horrible it is and, oh my God, I'm not going to use Gillette razors anymore. Like, how dare this company do this, right? And then I watched it and I finished and I was like, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. To me, that's, that's everything that, that the world is today that what we need to bring into this world. And... I mean, we were discussing a little bit before of we live in a different world now, and I believe that the man has evolved. And so, like, you're saying, where is this coming from? I think we still have some old-school thought from indoctrination and culture from different generations. And then we have our generation and the ones that are coming behind us that really look at the world from a completely different place because we do live in a completely different world now than we did even when we were born. I mean, I was born in the early 80s. I think you were as well, right? Like 79. Yeah, so you look at just the world we live in and like, it's okay, it's evolution. It's supposed to happen. And I think the man and even the woman is evolving as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I see it too. And I thought it was quite funny as well to see just the backlash. And I thought, okay, great. If you're not going to use those razors anymore maybe you'll just let your beard grow out and you'll start to feel more like a man <laughs> maybe that's what Gillette was trying to accomplish right <laughs> well I should, yeah I mean and and the funny thing is is like you said with this evolution and really I mean us as doctors we we've had to wake up we've had to wake up that the medicine that we've always known as kids you know, served a role, but though it didn't never, it never went past the superficial level. And, you know, we're both guys, we have lots of good buddies and, uh, and some have stayed, some have gone. And when I look back at some of the friends that I've had over, over the years, the ones that stayed are the ones that we went 
beyond the superficial level. We were able to actually have more meaningful conversations. And it wasn't just about, you know, hey, did you watch the game? Did you, uh, you know, did you hit a strip club on the weekend? Did you like just, you know, hook up with girls or whatever? You know, that old dialogue of this, you know, what it means to be a man just never really resonated with me. And it was hard to like actually unpack that old type of thinking because, you know, that was where we grew up around that mentality. I grew up around in high school. I, I remember feeling that in college and you do whatever you can to feel like you're part of the tribe. And then when you sit with yourself and you go, wait a second, I don't really even jive with that. And like, and then I, and you start to wonder like, you know, how come I think this, are you challenged by this too? And sometimes you don't know unless you have those conversations, but you know, looking back at the friends that I still have, it's because I was able to have more than just a superficial conversation. That resonates with me, brother. I mean, Unfortunately, I think it took me till I was probably my late 20s and 30s to figure some of these things out. And that's unfortunate because I think our children should have these things from the root moving forward in life. Um, You know, we were both athletes and I think you even said something the last time we spoke about the fact that when when you show that vulnerability to others and you open yourself, the connection is just on this amazingly deep level with that other person Mm -hmm. and like you're saying those are the people that stay around in your life Mm -hmm. it's not the ones that you're having the very like you're saying the superficial very surface layer type you know communication and you know like you're saying back in high school and stuff like that like football i mean everyone wants to act all manly machismo and that was the culture yeah like you got to be tough right Mm -hmm. pain doesn't hurt suck it up don't cry all those things and you're taught by everybody almost around you how to act and what a man is supposed to do. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of people are being misguided and being given really bad advice and guidance in that, in that aspect. And it has changed. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's why Gillette came forward and said, hey, this is not the world that we need to live in. We can do better and the man can do better. And we need to show what a real man is and what it's all about. And I really liked that commercial. I really did. I didn't think anything negatively at all. I, I felt I felt something in my heart when I was done watching that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny too. I think I I think I read some of the feedback before I watched the video too. I just read a couple things. I just actually I think I just read that there was controversy. And then after after I watched the 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 commercial. I kind of sat with it and I said, okay, if I, how do I look at this from there as in the old school mentality perspective? What am I, well, what are they seeing? What are they seeing that, that looks emasculating? You know, cause there's, there's always a fear when there's a redefinition, when there's change, when, you know, it, there's always a fear of losing what was. And, you know, sometimes there's a fear because we, how are we going to, how are we going to bring this new version of myself into this world where I have all these friends who think a certain way, you know, that we, one of the biggest pains in life, um, you know, solitary confinement, right. Of not being around other people. And if everything that you knew about yourself was through this lens of, of seeing things in this old school paradigm, you know, yet there's this new 
kind of movement that's happening of the awakened man, you know, the vulnerable man, empathetic man, the man who can still get it done, but do it with from the heart and, and not walk over someone in order to get there. Um, that's a beautiful process. So I tried to look at it through the lens of what would an old version of myself see here? Like, would I actually be bothered by this? Or would I be like, oh, there's another way to do this? Interesting. Scary or intimidating, maybe. But I would be curious. But maybe that's just part of the nature-nurture thing, and, and maybe that's just inherently in me. I don't know. But what do you think about that? I'm glad that you said that, you know, because when I was done watching it, and then I sat there as well and said, okay, when I was a child... Growing up, I can look back and tell you that there's things that I did because of how culture was shaping me yeah. from being in sports, right, and you know, school and all these things, and allowing my environment, because we know our environment shapes us, right? I mean, it's, you can't question that. You are who you surround yourself with, right? So I remember being this person that I look back on now and I wasn't proud of everything that I was. Right. I mean, I, I wasn't a bully, but I can remember parts of my childhood where I, I, I wasn't very nice to some kids, mm-hmm. you know, just maybe hazing at like other kids in the team, just messing around. And, you know, we, we didn't see it as bad. We just saw it as like, that's what guys do. And, you know, like we all give each other a hard time. We give each other shit. And, and but when you look back on it and like you were saying, that could, those connections were very superficial. Yeah, I had the camaraderie of my teammates and all those other things, but that's about as deep as it got. I didn't really know anybody, mm-hmm. you know, on my team that well, except for my really, really close friends. And then I can't even tell you, those ones that I thought were my close friends, they didn't last. Mm-hmm. As I started growing up, I mean, the people that I thought I was the closest to, I ended up finding that I wasn't close to them at all. Yeah. And so you, you look at how times have changed. And like I said, on the back end in my late 20s, early 30s, I started recognizing things about myself and, and started wanting to make deeper connections. And, and I realized that vulnerability was a good thing for me and, and, and that it had a powerful, positive impact in my life for connecting to, you know, my family and my wife and now my child and even close friends like you, brother. I think the first time we talked, I literally opened up to you and almost told you like all kinds of private stuff about my family and my life that I don't share with anybody, but, I think it was reciprocated because you were doing the same. And like I said, we just resonated. So if you ask me which one's better, it's a no brainer, man. I'm so much happier with my life and the way things are now because I'm able to have that connection and that vulnerability as a man and being okay to cry in front of my wife or my kids or whoever else and not fighting it back and saying, Oh, you know, pain doesn't hurt. Suck it up or all those things. And like you're saying, we want to be able to have our children grow up in this world where that's starting at an earlier time. And like we're saying, we live in a different world. We do. The world's completely different now. And the change is needed. And I think we're going in a positive direction, not a negative one with all these things. We're going in a very positive direction. And we can maximize on it because it will bring humanity literally forward to a much better place than where it is now because we're seeing all this bullying all this hazing you know all these things and and i get you know how people get upset about some of these things but at the same time there's other reasons that's happening outside of what we're discussing but 
Yes, I mean, we need to shed the light on the other side and show the people that are going to be running this world one day that this is, this is how you live a balanced life of being a man and an individual so that you can contribute to society and make the world a better place and leave it in a better place than it was before you, before you came into this world. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And thanks for sharing that you're, you know, how, you know, you weren't classified as a bully as a kid but you, you did things based on what was expected of you in that environment. And that, I was the same way. You know, I, th- I think back and I was a real jackass. I was a jerk to, to people because I wanted to fit in and I wanted the, the people mm-hmm. around me to like me. And it's funny what, what carries forward, right? And I imagine some of these people who are really challenged by, by this information, it's because I don't think they, re- they really n- know how to step into true leadership. Because I think in order to be a leader, you have to be able to relate to everybody. You have to be able to relate to the people who, you know, are in the cool crowd. You have to be able to also relate to the people who aren't getting a voice. And, you know, when when this kind of stuff is happening, uh, especially back in the old days, where, what was their leadership looking like? Like we talked about before, there was, there was wars going on. There was like, uh, massive recessions happening there were there were people were way more in a survival mode mm-hmm. you know, way back when and that's like that mentality of survival mode is still carried forward so what does survival mode mean in a man and woman relationship you know that's like you know carrying your your, your woman underneath your arm you know you know taking her back to your cave and, and that's kind of like you're just you're it's protection it's like you know nothing nothing can get at you and and that doesn't need to happen anymore. And so leadership really needs to be, you know, it's collaboration. It's working together. It's understanding people are coming from different perspectives. It's understanding that even the little guy who's not speaking up is probably the most intelligent person in the room. Let's have a listen to him instead of like stuff him in a garbage can. <laughs> you know, right. I, I didn't do that. I didn't stuff him in a garbage can. <laughs> but potentially, I mean, you know, that, that could happen. I like that you say that. Um, you know, I remember watching this episode of Modern Family with Clarissa, and Manny was having some trouble at school. And I remember his uncle Mitch tells him, he says, look, when you're little, everyone's trying so hard to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then when you get older, it literally goes complete 180, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to be different than everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. You want to you make your own path. You want things to change. And you look at some of these beliefs that culture basically puts on people. And like you're saying, like you want to fit in and to be a leader is it takes a lot of responsibility and it takes a lot of, like you're saying, understanding the environment that you're in and being able to resonate with all these individuals around you. And I think our kids need to have this foundation taught to them and and literally these values early on, but the world is so mixed right now with what these values are that are being that these parents are educating themselves because I mean look at this whole video. I mean you have more people thinking that video was negative than people that gave it a thumbs up. So it just goes to show you how diverse mm-hmm. the people in this world are and really the the indoctrination that is being passed on to the next generations. Yeah. Yeah and it's in no doubt it creates fear because change is fearful and you know, not everybody's happy with this forward momentum, I think, that we're creating. You know, it's not just men, it's women, it's all of us, it's this planet. You know, 
even talking about sustainability is sort of newer. Recycling is somewhat newer. You know, there's a lot of changes that are happening on a global scale, like electric cars. And so there's a lot of change that's happening. And, you know, in that old school mentality of change being bad and scary and unknown, it's, it's easy to, you know, find comfort in, in other people that think that same way. And, and, and then you look at medicine, obviously we're talking about, you know, health and, and that kind of stuff too. When we, when you and I sit down with a patient, we, we hear their story, we listen in, you know, maybe they've got depression, they've got fatigue, digestive issues, um, hair loss, whatever, whatever. And in the patient's mind, they're looking at what just happened that caused this new symptom or, you know, like I got a cold. And so we target that, um, or this, this knee pain, you know, it must be because of this thing. Now in, in modern medicine, the way that things have been going is a very a male focused kind of thing. Here's a problem. Here's a solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. The way that we look at things is we take a step back and go, okay, we understand that people present kind of like an iceberg, you know, 10% of the mass is above the water. 90% is below the water. Something has been going on for decades, for years in order for this to show up. Right. And, mm -hmm. But in our, in our modern kind of thinking, we've sort of lost the fact that there's this entire picture that's been unfolding over, you know, decades in order for these symptoms to show up. And that's, that's not the dialogue we, we, that we have with patients. We talk about, you know, uh, dental work. We talk about injuries. We talk about relationships. We talk about toxicity, infections, different things in order to understand the story. And so when we think of like, the modern man the modern man is okay diving in so it's, we're okay looking back and going yeah i can see how things from my past are now showing up as symptoms here in my future the the old school the disempowering way of thinking in this medical kind of model is i've got this sickness and it, it all happened when i turned 55 therefore i need the medicine to turn that that system off and it's not just in healthcare; it's in it's in many other different you know uh, social, you know, structures that we're, that we found ourselves in. But why I think this is so darn important is if we want to pass down or if we want to create healthier generations going forward, we need people to be more introspective in how they look at things. Things aren't so black and white. They're not so superficial and there's so much more going on underneath. And if we just took a step back, started to accept that change is happening, are we going to resist it or are we going to eventually go, yeah, there's a new way of doing things. Let's start to take a look at this bigger picture. Well, and I think a lot of people, you know, you look at the last couple of decades and it's speeding up right now. It's, it's something that's gaining momentum is people are waking up. You know, I tell people all the time, we're in this period, early, early on period of what's what I would call an awakening. And it's happening. And I think they'll look back in history books at our era and they're going to say some good things about us and some not so good things about what we we're doing. But one thing that will be talked about is we woke up finally. And they may say we woke up when it was too late. Uh, and I hope not. Um, but yeah, you talk about something as simple as our health. And like you're saying, these people keep wanting to just tag, to, tag it to one thing that's causing their issue. And it had to have happened just when I started to feel the symptoms. Yeah. And so, like you're saying, give them this explanation of, no, most likely this has been going on for a while. And when you felt pain, it was fine when your body was like, hey, you need to do something. So you go back to, like, addressing root cause and looking for the deeper picture. 
And many individuals are taught, like you're saying, it's a quick fix society. We get everything when we want it, when we want it right now. I joke around all the time and I'm just like, like Amazon, for example. You can literally buy anything you want off of Amazon. Literally within about, I think like six seconds now. You pull it up, you can do the immediate pay and it's done. It ship it. I mean, it's almost like it's too easy. Mm-hmm. And then I think that type of attitude is translating to everything else. And even with people's health, they don't realize that, oh God, I have to work at it and actually change what I'm doing because I'm the one that made myself sick because of my habits and my desires to do these things that I can't be doing all the time that are making me sick, right? Mm-hmm. And living my life in excess. And then when you tell them, well, hey, you're your problem. If you want to feel better, you are also your solution. So if you're suffering, it's your body telling you, hey, there's something causing this. Figure out the cause and address the cause. And I think there's this huge disconnect from just that very simple principle of people understanding that you go after the cause of the problem and you don't just keep addressing symptoms. And really, I think you would agree with me here, a lot of times the problem is more simple than the person thinks that it is. They complicate the problem. Yeah. And I see this all the time. All the time. You know, I have some patients come in, you know, sometimes it's like a, a low back injury or, you know, they have some hot disc or maybe their knees all inflamed or, or different things like that. And they think they need surgery. They literally jump to this, I need surgery right away. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, I'm like, that's the last thing on the hierarchy of how you need to address this. Mm-hmm. And then I'll work on them sometimes and it's as easy as like adjusting their foot and their knee when it's their knee pain. And they walk out of my office and the pain's gone and they were thinking that they had to go have surgery. Mm-hmm. Or even for like a spinal problem when they're having pain down the leg. I had a guy tell me today, he's been feeling miserable for months. Finally, a friend of his who's a firefighter, because he's a firefighter, tells him, buddy, you need to go see a professional to deal with this, because he was just going getting cupping and massages and all these things, and nothing was working. I mean, it was just coming back and back. So finally he comes in, I adjust him on the first visit, he comes back the next day, he's like, buddy, I slept the best I've slept in months, and you literally knocked off like 80% of my pain. And he looked at me and he's like, I cannot believe how simple it was for you to do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, brother, the answer and the solution sometimes is very simple and we overcomplicate these things. And I can't tell you how many people, and you probably know these people that have done these drastic procedures to themselves in medicine and it didn't fix it because that, that's not what the problem was. It was something like you're saying, very, very simple. It just needed to be addressed by the person and it went, went away, but they're using these exogenous means to go into the system and try to hack through it. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, um, and it's we're just so upside down with how we approach the body, and it needs to change. You're absolutely right; it really does need to change. Yeah, and and that's that's that whole old school. We can tie it back to the whole old school, you know, just get it done, just fix it, you know, kind of mentality. When we're not really fixing anything, it's just actually just a band aid. And so even just the you know the superficiality or the the anger towards asking men to step up and be a better version of themselves is is synonymous somehow with uh, emasculation and, and feminizing the uh, the modern man is actually just a you know another version of a feminist is 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 part of the sickness. It's just part of the symptom of not understanding. There's so much more to us. There's more so much more to all of us. We're you know 
we're not just meat suits walking around watching football and you know scratching <laughs> ourselves and you know beating each other up like <laughs> we're, we're actually way more complex than that and and if we can you know start to just again appreciate that there's different ways of doing things like you said like some some guy came in thought that he was gonna have surgery and then all of a sudden hey there's just a different way of doing things like let's catch up let's let's move forward into this modern way of treating ourselves through preventative medicine through structural support through like looking at postural integrity through looking at detoxification through fasting through all these little basic tools and ultimately sometimes we just have to remember that we need to you know simple things spend more time outside get your feet on the ground get get some sun exposure drink some water you know take out the sugar you know sometimes it just has to be enough of these simple little things put into place so that our body's back back in harmony harmony with what nature intended and then we can you know go in for advanced or you know, new ways of looking at the body like you do so brilliantly um and and just recalibrate the system and you know this holistic approach is essentially what we're asking all of us as men and women to step up into start you know when we when we meet resistance instead of pushing back sit with it what is that where's that resistance coming from do we need to stay in a state of suffering or is there just an, a different tool set we haven't yet learned and can we can we at least see what someone is seeing from the other side of things well i got something for you you know i just thought of this think of it like this so you look at our education system and i'm going to really go out there right now okay i'm going to take you way out there so all the way here you know, I've been, this has been resonating the last couple of weeks. I've been talking a lot with my clients about the education system in the U.S. And you look at the way we're taught. And we're literally taught in a classroom setting for the most part of our school system to, to basically eat all this information, just put it in the brain, and then spit it back out on a piece of paper and be tested. And that's how we're going to learn and be smart. And so you look at the other side of I believe, and this is in other countries, other you doing education, and they're way ahead of us, is they're focusing on critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And they don't test. They don't do all those things. They're literally teaching people how to think for themselves. And you talk about leadership and these people that follow. The big disconnect there is people that have leadership, I think, are critical thinkers. They're good problem solvers. And then you have the followers who... They don't tap into that part of their brain very much. They just like to kind of follow what else. Oh, that's cool. Let's do that. That guy's doing it, right? And so we've become this nation, you know, or world for the most part of following, and we don't question certain things. And go back, you go back to this whole tribe mentality of this indoctrination, this culture, and it's almost like when somebody presents something to you, whether it's information or behavior or emotion to you, that you are unfamiliar with and it doesn't resonate with what you were taught in your world and your culture and your indoctrination. Like you're saying, there's resistance there. And you go back to the commercial we're talking about. Look at how much resistance is coming from something as simple as saying, this was not what a man is and this is what a man is. And people can't even just sit there with half their brain and say, well, what's the world like? I mean, like, kind of figure out why that's happening and why we're, where we're at. Yeah. And I think there's just so much of it, so many layers. 
-hmm. And that's why there's this massive confusion. And I tell Diego all the time, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with uh, Bradley Cooper. It's uh, Sniper, I think it was called. Was that or what was it called? The one where he was a sniper in the military. The Chris Kyle story. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Sniper. Yeah. So there's a scene in that movie where the dad's at the table with him and he's talking about the sheepdog, the wolf, and the sheep. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how sheep are followers and the wolves are the bad people trying to prey on the sheep and the sheepdog protects the sheep. They protect the herd. And ever since Diego was born, I have instilled this, this mentality of him of you are the sheepdog. You're not a sheep. You're not a wolf. If you're ever a wolf, we're going to have some words in this household. We're going to have some problems, <laughs> but you're a sheepdog. You take care of the herd. That's your job. Yeah. And that's what a leader is. A leader knows how to look and, and, and take care of everybody. And they have to, and like you're saying, it takes a specific type of individual to do that. But we need more people to wake up and critically think for yourself. Use your brain. And when information is presented to you, have some critical thinking and say, does this really make any sense to me or is this a bunch of bullshit? Mm-hmm. Because there's so much crap that you have to sift through on a daily basis now, from social media to the internet. I mean, it's nonstop, and we're overloaded. And it's it's almost as if people. I was saying it yesterday. We have this fatigue nonstop. I think that's where a lot of brain fog comes from because we're trying to process so much at such high RPMs that people have decision fatigue. And they make really dumb choices and, and have dumb actions because they're running at like half capacity. And then you look at their health, like you're saying, most people aren't even doing the essentials for their health and then they wonder why they're sick. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're a human being and you're not even treating your body like you're a human being. You think you're something like that just can do whatever it wants and you're going to be good. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some close family friends right now of my, of my parents and they're in their late 60s. And we were, I was talking to my mom the other day, and I said, you know, it's sad to see what's happening to your friends because, you know, one of them, would he would smoke and drink. He smoked and drank his whole life, and he was fine. He never had really bad health issues. But then what do you think happened about a year ago? Boom! Done. Yeah. It's like hitting a wall. And so these people think they can get away with it. And a lot of people that aren't having symptoms and going, 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 they just keep up these bad habits and they don't make those correlations. And then, like you're saying, uh, I think we spoke about this one time, like, for example, a heart attack, the first symptom of heart disease is a heart attack. You can die. Yeah. And some people, they, they live up this life and they burn the candle at both ends and all of a sudden they wake up one day, there's something wrong, they've been fine and they're wrong. And then, oh, you have cancer, you have terminal cancer. And if we don't get to a place, like you're saying, of approaching what we are from a holistic standpoint and understand that we have to address cause of our suffering and our emotional health, our physical health, um, go on and on, right? Then we are in big trouble. Yeah. But I can listen to you all day. And yeah, I love I loved it too when you were speaking about just um, this this dilemma that, that we're facing, the, this dilemma of you know the old patterns because it's actually easier to just do what you've always done, right? It's just easier. It's easier to be a jackass and go like, well, that's just not how men are. Like you know, men are tough and they don't do that. 
it's just easier because they're like it's like where everybody's brain fatigued there's too much information going on it's just easier to stay where i've always been instead of you know this alternative way of doing things and um you know and i think of and i think of this like there's there's i think the one of the first pieces of transcending this initial like boredom or dumbness or like sameness that we can move into is when illness strikes and now we've entered into suffering because what we've always done now all of a sudden stopped working now we're suffering and and i think there's an evolution of suffering there's there's a really interesting podcast uh done on mind valley where um dr uh not doctor vision Lakiani was uh, interviewing this guy named david goggins and he grew up in a really really challenging environment and you know and basically his message was that we have to learn through suffering and you know he, he does like incredible things athletic wise and whatnot and his navy seals guy like this guy's done everything you you can imagine on a physical so oh, is this this is the guy that did like seal school like how many times okay no, ridiculous about. right yeah, yeah, that guy is pretty impressive. Pretty amazing, yeah. And his messaging is really around suffering. That's how he's moved through. It's, you know, he puts him, he, he's changed his mindset around what that word suffering means. Now, I think that's just the first stage, though. It's, and we can stay there and recognize that we can change our mindset. We can use, we can leverage suffering into something more, which is totally what he's done. But I think there can also be another way to look at this through the evolution of what suffering can be. Because I think suffering is just bringing awareness to the doing hard things, being in challenging places, getting you know, hit with an illness is just level one. And then when you can appreciate that suffering is leading you towards something, let's hope it's your a greater purpose, greater sense of being, et cetera, et cetera. I think the next stage after suffering becomes discipline. And discipline requires work, just like moving through suffering requires work. You have to start to change your relationship to what it means to change your diet, to exercise, to love someone unconditionally or love someone even though it's challenging because we don't have the same belief systems or whatever. And, and be able to move into it instead of try to reject it, try to push it away. Push it away is just keeping you in suffering in my mind. But if you're disciplined enough to say, you know what, there's something bigger than me, calling me forward, asking more of me, that's when I move into discipline because I, re I recognize that there's another piece to this puzzle. And then I think what is on the other side of discipline, when we don't really need momentum anymore, we move into devotion. And devotion means we're, we, we know we've been called to something greater. We have a skill set in how to do that. We've overcome this obstacle of the mind holding us back. We've allowed ourselves to feel what it means to be in a present moment awareness so that we're not constantly reacting to our environment. We're just observing our environment. And now we've created a different relationship to this, you know, old challenge, which could be exercise. It could be eating the kind of right kind of way. It could be fasting. It could be, you know, again, being in a, a more healthy relationship. And that's now I'm devoted to my why. I'm devoted to my purpose. I'm devoted to a deeper connection of, of you know whatever that higher power is for you and i can hear people in struggle or challenged by new information and i'm not judging them i'm now just recognizing it's just a path on this journey towards being truly devoted to yourself i love it yes i have a story for you 
<laughs> yes. Brother, it's almost like how far is how far are you from El Paso? We're really, really long way. I don't know, man. That's we need to see. We probably like, messed it up because it's kilometers and miles, and then we'll get lost. Yeah, but man, somehow we're still in sync, brother, because it's almost like you come up with these good ideas and these topics for us to discuss, and then there's things that's literally happening in my life, literally last night, that I can tell a really good story of what you're, what you're explaining. You know, I talked on a couple earlier podcasts about my wife, Clarissa, who you know, was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder about eight, nine years ago. Yeah. And we were talking last night about her journey and where she is right now. And Clarissa has had multiple, her journey has been multidimensional for her health. You know, it started with, okay, I got sick. I have an autoimmune disease. I need to figure out how to work on this. So she started to work, of course, on her physical stress and her biochemical stress in her body. And our journey led us down that path for a very long time. And she's been very successful with combating this issue that she has. And she's doing a million times better now than where we were if I just look back, you know, eight years. And last night, you know, her last chapter to this was the mental emotional picture of it. And it was something that I think she didn't, she knew it was playing a part, but she never knew how to approach it. And then even when she started to try to try to work on it, like two years ago, she was lost. You know, I would try to help push her in certain directions and say certain things and plant certain seeds, but I knew she was going to have to find her way with the whole mental emotional thing on her own. And it wasn't something that I was going to be able to, I mean, as her spouse really help her with. So she was very, very blessed to meet somebody that is literally, I don't know if you've ever heard of neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. So we have a good friend and Basically, she does that, and she does clinical social work. And so Clarissa started seeing her pretty regularly. And Clarissa has, in the past three, four months, has had giant leaps in leveling up her mindset and working on her emotional health. And last night, she tells me, she said, you know, I had headaches since the time I was little. It was like a daily thing. I remember rubbing my head and feeling trigger points all the time. My jaw always hurt. My neck was always killing me. And she's like, I just grew up like that thinking that was the norm and I was going to always have those things. And she's like, they didn't finally start really going away until I started, of course, working on my health, but completely gone when she finally addressed her emotional health. Mm. And she told me my whole life, I knew that I had this, I was in tune with energy and, and helping others and all those things, but I just never knew where my, where my purpose was going to be in that arena. But I knew that, that I was going to help people. And when she finally accepted that she is a healer and that she can help people and it doesn't have to be as a doctor, it can be as a yogi or you know, she helps people. She does a lot of counseling in our clinic. She helps people every day. People come just to chat with her for a half hour, hour, just to help them with their life all the time. Mm -hmm. So she helps people on a very spiritual end with what she does. And she's finally accepted that for the first time in her whole life. And that has created a massive amount of healing for her physically. Wow. Not just emotionally and like helping her as an individual, it's helping her physically. Mm -hmm. So you look at something like that and you think, how many people are sick 
because they're not living the life that they're supposed to be living and the stress on their system on a daily basis is just over off the charts. Yeah. Wow. And that was literally last night, man. And she, I mean, we literally had a glass of our dry farm wine together and we, we toasted to, to that because I'm so proud of my wife for never giving up and just keep going and going and going. And she finally feels like she's hit, you know, the chapter or the level wherever she needed to be. And she feels like she's in sync with where she's always, where she's always supposed to be. But she resisted it for so long because she thought that, oh, well, you're the doctor and I can't do these things. And I would always tell her, it doesn't matter. You don't need the doctor in front of your name. You can help so many people other ways. And she's finally through yoga and wanting to teach, you know, be Ashtanga yogi and all these things. She's finally found her calling of how she wants to do it. And I'm so happy for her, man. And I see, I mean, how many people do you see that that's something that's going on with them? They're in the wrong place in their life and that's why they're sick. Yeah. They're creating their own suffering. Yeah. And sometimes they're not conscious of it. Wow. And until you be, until you level up and have that consciousness that, oh gosh, I've created why I, I am this way and why I, I am suffering. And like you're saying, the discipline and then the work and then what was the last one? Devotion. Clarissa's finally at devotion, man. It's amazing. She lived in discipline and work for a decade to find her devotion. But she never gave up. Mm-hmm. She didn't. Yeah. I mean, how many people do you think just give up after a while? Because they're like, oh, this is just too hard. It's going to take forever. Yeah. Things that you really want in life, you have to work your ass off for. Mm-hmm. They don't come easy. Yeah. And anybody who's listening to this, if you think things just come because you want them, you're going to have a really rough lesson to learn as you make your way through life. Yeah. If you really want something, you work for it. And then like Nick's saying, when you get there, you have that devotion to your life of what you want to do or whatever it is that it is. But yes, it starts with suffering. But like you're saying, this guy... You know, he's had all this suffering in his life, and that's how he is what he's today, and I think that's great. But if, like you're saying, look at how he did. Did he put in the work? Mm-hmm. Was he disciplined? Mm-hmm. Now, where is he at now? He's in he's devotion. devotion. Totally. Yeah, because it's, it's moving to service, right? Like, you're, he's giving back now, and, and that's a, it's the evolution of this discussion. And, man, when you share your heart, it's like, you're on fire. That story <laughs> is so powerful. And you guys can't see him, but he's got tears in his eyes because he's speaking about the woman that he just absolutely adores and loves. And, and Clarissa is a beautiful woman inside and out. And, and hearing you share that, you just set the example for what it means to be a modern man on purpose, in devotion, in relationship, being vulnerable, being empathetic, that right there is the shiny example of what this podcast episode is all about. And it's everything that all of us men have the opportunity to step into. Whether or not we do, that's a personal decision. But what's waiting for you on the other side is freedom, man. You get to be free from this ideal or this idea of who you think you are. And you will never really know. You'll never get the message until you finally decide to step in 
step up. And so you nailed it, David. Thank you so much for sharing that story, man. You blow me away. Like I said, every time. Happy to share it, man. And like I said, it's all you, brother. It's like you're, you're vib- reviving, man. It's almost <laughs> like you knew. It's, literally, I got your text last night after I talked to her that led us into this podcast today. So everything's happening for a reason, man. You know, the universe, it, it, it works in mysterious ways. Totally does. And it, it, yeah, it's beautiful, man. Well, let's, let's hit him with some homework, buddy. Ooh, I like this. Can I give the home play today? Please do. Please do. So if you guys haven't already read this book, uh, it's called The Code. It's the Code of the Extraordinary Life, right? By Mind. Mind. The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishin Lakhiani. And he's the guy with Mind Valley. And one of the things he talks about in his book is what we call rules or bullshit rules. And I think this is a good home play assignment for what we were actually talking about for this whole thing. I want each individual who's listening to this to look back in your life on all these things that you live, these rules that you live by. And I want you to think about where they came from, who taught them to you, who told you that that was a rule you needed to follow in this world. And I want you to question them. Now, to some people, this is taboo. And I would tell those people that you, when, if that's what you're thinking, then you're too worried about your tribe, possibly about getting kicked out of your tribe. But you know what? When you start kind of diving into these things and you question them, you realize that a lot of the things that you are still using today as rules to live your life by and these beliefs that you have, they, don't lo- they no longer serve you in this time of day in the world that we live in. And if they aren't having a positive impact on your life, then it is not a rule you should be following. It is not a belief that you should be devout in. So I want you to go in and find out what are your rules? What are the bullshit rules that you're living by? And start changing them. If you, if you find out, for example, oh gosh, why do I live that way? There's no reason I should do that. It's not serving me. Then get rid of it. And adopt something, a new rule that is going to empower you to bring positivity to the world. And like we said earlier, make the world a better place because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. We need to leave this planet in better shape than when we entered into it, not the opposite. So question these, these rules and change them and be okay with it because change is where that growth comes. Mm-hmm. And if you want this growth and if you want to get, if you're not achieving things in your life that you know are there for you, these could be some of the hurdles that you need to get through first so that you're not self-sabotaging yourself so you can get some momentum and grow, grow faster. There it is. That's it. That's it. Teacher brother. It's awesome. So everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, another episode of the Dr. Dad's in the books. And uh, please share this one because it's important. So all the best and we're signing out. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.